Welcome, adventurers. How does a farm girl, away from home and on her own for the first time, wind up in a wealthy person's home negotiating the price of a questionable job? It sounds like the gods may be involved. Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon Well then, as good as the feeling of not having to worry about money was when Cinder's laugh had passed, Rianok realized that she had agreed to a price for a job for which she had very few details. When the specifics had been laid out, her stomach sank. For all of her insistence that she was not a thief, the particulars of this job sounded very, very similar to thievery. The thin line of difference here were Master Kim Karen's repeated claims that the item discussed was his and that it had been stolen in transport to his residence, so her recovery of the item would be justice, not thievery. A small statuette, that was what she was to find and return. Kim Karen provided a sketch of the thing. It was unique and beautiful, a thin figure whose billowing dress flowed up from the base. The figure was lithe, ethereal almost. The posture of the being was curved to form a graceful bend like a bow, hands extended above the head of the long hair which fell down, joining with the dress. In the long-fingered hands was an orb of some sort. Even the sketch felt as if it had caught some private moment of movement, a sacred dance or ritual. When Rianok finally lifted her eyes from the sketch, she looked once more around the study, looking to see if there was anything else that resembled this sketch. Nothing caught her eye. Rianok began to fret over how she was going to take something from someone who would most certainly object wholeheartedly. The closest thing she had done to theft was taking eggs from their chickens or wool from the sheep, not exactly directly relatable experience. It was here that Kim Karen had explained to her who the someone was. In her complete lack of familiarity with such dealings, Rionok might have just as well walked out of the room with the sketch and no other information. There was a wealthy merchant, Berthseda Bevrenderin, whose wealth was not completely explained by her business dealings at least not her dealings that would be considered proper and ethical. It was known to a certain crowd that Berthseda would procure rare items from time to time and sell them to the highest bidder. It was also known that the nature of the procurement of these effects was not to be questioned. Master Kim Karen told her he was quite sure that it was one Miss Bevrenderin that had relieved him of his rightful possession. 
for which he had paid a small fortune. Rianach found it peculiar that he would know this, and further that he had passed quickly on with no explanation or justification of such knowledge. She considered asking, but wasn't sure if that's how things were done in such dealings, so she refrained. The very specific information continued. Berthseta had a residence and many warehouses in Halbiston. Kim Karen knew there was to be an auction of valuable items ten days from now, but wasn't sure if the event was to be at the estate or at a warehouse. It was his opinion that the item had to be there somewhere. He trusted her skills and the price he had just paid would ensure the item's return to its rightful owner. Rianoch was raised on a farm, where the height of deception or intrigue was trying to figure out which sibling had taken more than their fair share of the scones at seven-day brunch. But yet, she had the feeling that many things were happening here, things that lay beneath the surface of the water. She nodded in assent nonetheless. She was tired and hungry and wanted to be done with this not to mention holding the image of the aged version of herself was beginning to take its toll. Kim Karen gave her one last considering squint before lifting a small bell and ringing it. The dwarven woman whom had escorted her in came through the same hidden door, placing a large sack that hissed the hiss of coins rubbing against one another upon the desk. Rianoch pursed her lips and raised an eyebrow. Kim Karen frowned before he beckoned for the woman to come closer. She leaned over and he murmured into her ear. She went stiff, left the room only to return again in less than two bars. A second sack, half the size of the first, was clasped in her hands. The woman frowned at Rianoch as she placed that one next to the first. Rianoch ignored the woman, hopped down from the chair, took a step to the desk and grabbed up both sacks, lifted them with a nod towards Master Kim Karen, simply saying, I'll let you know when it's done. He was still pushing his chair back to stand as Rianoch reached the false door. She paused there expectantly, the dwarven woman, whose face looked as if she had eaten a lemon whole, came soon enough and led her back the way they had arrived. At the gate to the main street, Rianoch felt the disapproving look of her guide upon her long after she had passed through and onto the road. Rianoch didn't run, but she kept her pace at a brisk walk. After leaving the Benevolent Heights, she made her way two blocks from the wall. She then began taking random turns down streets and alleys. After a quarter bell, she dropped her disguise. She kept her random journey up for another half bell before finally ducking into a dead-end passage and waiting a while, waiting to see if there was any sign of pursuit. There hadn't been. It was late, and she was holding more gold than she had, in all honesty, expected to see for the remainder of her life. She needed to get off of the street. 
The gold went in her travel bag and was pushed back under her cloak, though it still felt that with every step she jingled like a sheep's bell. Rianoc was sure she would be robbed, murdered and robbed. Neither happened. The nerve to finally ask a passerby where the nearest inn was finally came to her, and three strangers later had her headed to an inn named the Duramal. Lodging there was five silvers. It was the first time in her life she had ever been given change for a gold piece. She ordered more food than she could possibly eat to be sent up to her room, and paid two more silvers for a hot bath to be brought up as well. Both the young woman who had brought the food and the one who had brought the bath water had lingered, staring at her as if they had expected something when their tasks were complete. Not knowing what that might be, and after an awkward silence, Rianoc had frowned at both, which had made them go away, but also seemed to make them irritated. There was a mystery there to be solved. It was partly a note to herself, but partially a plea to Cinder to see if she might answer. But her head was silent, not so much as a chuckle. Full almost to the point of being sick and completely clean for the first time in much too long, Rianoc crawled under the covers. All things considered, she should have slept well, but every rattle of the window, every bark of a dog had her ears perked up, positive a thief had found her and her stash of gold. She finally rousted herself from bed several bells after soul rise. She rearranged her sacks of gold, taking ten pieces to put in her belt pouch, and wrapping her remaining hoard in her change of clothes to muffle the sound they made while she walked. She had eggs and toast in the common room, and then headed out. If this auction was to take place in ten days, she didn't have much time. Inquiries with the morning server indicated it would take the better part of seven days to reach Halbiston if she stuck to the roads and the weather held. That would leave less than three days to figure out where the statuette was and get it back. On her travels here she had found that there were regular road camps along Fish Run Road where both lodging and hot food could be purchased. So at the nearest general store she bought generous rations for breakfast and lunch. And with the thoughts of all the cold and miserable nights she had spent on the road fresh in her mind, purchased a heavy wool blanket as well. She didn't haggle over the price of even a single item. Her father would have been mortified. Leaving just before the dividing bell, Rianoc arrived at the first road camp well after dark. She had been nervous carrying the vast sum of gold all day, but nothing bad had transpired. The roads were less busy in the winter, and for the most part travelers were merchants and wagoneers moving goods. The road camp was patrolled and maintained by soldiers. Lodging in a communal tent could be had for a silver, or for three she could stay in her own private tent. She had paid the three. Plain but wholesome food cost another silver. 
she stored her possessions in the iron box under the bed in her tent, with the constant sound of the frostfall rushing between its banks, Rianak pondered the sketch she had been provided as she lay down to bed, finally drifting off to sleep. It was the first time she had slept through the night since leaving home. The two additional days back to Feld's Crossing were uneventful. Cinder was quiet. Rianak had risen early on the third day to give herself a few bells after dinner to take care of some things in Feld's Crossing, to see if she could find some answers to questions that nagged at the back of her mind. Though she could have afforded any inn in the city, she stayed at the Anvil's friend. The smith's hammer woke her at soul rise. She paid an extra silver the next morning for some additional rolls. The innkeeper had said it was far too much for a few extra rolls, but Rianak had insisted they keep the money. To her surprise, the innkeeper's protest ended just as quickly as it started, and they pocketed the money after only being told the once to keep it. She thought back to her stay in Borgen, wondering if the two attendants there had expected coin as well. The world outside the farm was expensive. A bell passed Soul Rise as Rianak passed through the north gate of Feld's Crossing on her way to Halbiston. It began to rain. With the rain finally lifted, it grew colder still. The pit Pat, pit, pat, from the eaves, lost their rhythm. Despite the cold and Rianok's plans for an early start, exhaustion finally caught up, and sleep took her. She was jolted awake by the mid-morning horn, which was sounded two bells past soul rise every day at every road camp she had stayed in. This was the first time she had ever been woken in such a manner. Every time passed, having already been to the mess tent and well on her way out of camp when the horn blew. Luckily, she had very few items to pack, and after nearly two weeks away from home, she was beginning to develop a routine. She pondered finding her way to the mess tent, but opted instead for a breakfast on the road, given her late start. To her luck, there was a trader who had also risen late, due to last night's miserable conditions. They were carrying a load of oiled hides north to Ferry Bridge. Rianak offered them a silver for a ride on the tailgate, which was gladly accepted. She watched the farmlands and the river pass by in reverse as she chewed thoughtfully on some dried fruits and nuts. The wagon rattled over the bridge and into Halbiston in the dusky light of the waning day. It was there that Rianok hopped off the wagon and gave her thanks. Halbiston was a lively city. It served as a major hub of trade and commerce as well as a recreational destination. It was the everyday person's Solvara, 
with a wide range of places to stay, from economical options for merchants and travelers passing through, to the much more upscale and opulent East End, where those that were rich, but not so rich, stayed. Given its location on the last road, and the fact that almost anything you could want passed through the town, going one way or another, the buildings of Halbaston were a hodgepodge of styles and materials. Stone buildings standing next to wood structures, those next to plastered cob. She wasn't sure why, but Rianak felt a surge of joy when she first looked upon the city. Something in its chaotic nature, the eclectic diversity, spoke to her of possibilities. No words, but the smile came in the back of her mind. Making her way toward the geographic center of town, Rianok looked for inns, taverns, and lodging. Upon reaching an open-air market, she took the time to ask a few non-specific questions. Do you know where Berthseta Bevrenderin's house is? Didn't seem the most intelligent question to ask, if the merchant in question was half as wealthy or half as connected as the master Kim Karen had said she was. If she was going to start with that, she might as well follow up with, and do you have any pointers on how to best rob her? Instead, with a few off-handed questions, she had gleaned that there were two warehouse districts, one to the north, just off the last road, and one to the west end of town, along the river. Further, she found the southeastern district of the city, especially along the banks of the Usmana, were where the well-to-do resided. It was enough to start with, though it still seemed too much ground to cover in the span of three days. She elected to stay at a popular traveler's inn, the Spokes, like its namesake, five different wings radiated off a central courtyard area. The wings were each two stories. Rianok estimated the place had as many as two hundred rooms. It seemed a good place to not stand out. It was full dark by the time she had settled in her room. She could find some food and bunk down for the night. But with only three days left, that seemed like a luxury she couldn't afford. A nighttime stroll around the city would give her a better idea of what she faced. Drawing on her cloak, Rianok stepped to the door. Reaching out to grab the handle, she sucked in a big breath, and then exhaled. Time to find out if she did, in fact, possess any skills. Will Rianok recover the stolen item? And what obstacles will she have to face to do so? Stay tuned next week for part six of Child of Shadow, Child of Mischief. Mm -hmm.